Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast, where I'm your host, Lonnie Swain. Check me out on Instagram at Lonnie Swain. That's L-O-N-I-S-W-A-I-N. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram as well at Lonnie Swain Show. Now, in honor of Valentine's Day, we have licensed relationship and sex therapist Renelle Nelson on. But we're not just going to talk about the relationships we have with other people But the most important relationship that we will ever have in our lives is the relationship that we have with ourselves. She does a lot of work around the theme of me before we. So, Renelle, tell us what that's all about. Well, as a therapist and as a woman, I just sit around and listen to my friends. I listen to my clients and even just my personal life. I just found out that we focus so much on giving pleasure that we really don't talk about how to receive pleasure, love. We want to know how to please somebody else. We really don't focus on ourselves. And we study so many books about everything, but never the book of us. My whole thing is taking it back. This year has really been my mission to really, um, my whole theme is deconstruct in order to reconstruct. So, I mean, I want to get everybody raw and naked. I call myself the conversation instigator because I want to instigate the shit that makes you think, you know, that makes mm-hmm. you just like, what? Yeah. Why she coming at me like that? You know, don't come for me, Renelle. I want people <laughs> to say that, but then I want them to tune in and see what I have to say more because a lot of people are talking, but nobody is talking about the right stuff. Okay, I'm a sex therapist. I want to talk about sex. I want to talk about all that. But I want to get you to the point that you want to desire sex. I want to get you to the point that you have an arousal state of mind. That's where the whole me before we movement, because with my clients, they come in for a couple sessions. And I'll be like, no, my, you need to really work for you because we can't really depend on our partner to be everything. And we got that flawed way of thinking that my partner's supposed to do this, 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 and this. And then when they don't, we feel like, oh, that's love. No, mm-hmm. that's your thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a reality based of thinking. So my whole movement is let's work on me before we. And some people are scared of that. So when you say a reality based thinking, what would you say are some of the thoughts that people have that are common that are unrealistic? Unrealistic thinking is that um, my partner, I want him to have or her or them to have this, 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 and this is how love looks. This is how sex supposed to look. This is not love. This is not what it's supposed to look like. I want this. And we have this because everything that we have in us is learned. And we go by examples from friends family, everything, but it's not really us. So we project their needs onto our partners Mm -hmm. and even onto us. And what I'm asking people to do is I'm not telling you to get rid of that. I'm telling you to sit in it. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you to sit in it and really think about exactly what do you want? Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you want? And really challenge your thoughts. Like, is this what I want or is this what other people want and really take a consensus on yourself and that's sometimes we won't do because sometimes we have group things you know you know how you be with your girlfriend and everybody be like girl that ain't love leave mm-hmm. him you should right. do this this and this but at home y'all good you right. know what baby's talking <laughs> about mm-hmm. you know he's telling you his dreams he's telling you this 
you know, he's looking for a job or he working his job so he gets something, you know, his partnership. Y'all got it all planned out. But when you go around your girl, girl, he don't take you nowhere. He don't do this. So what you do is project that onto your relationship and take that back home and you go at it. Right. And it's mm-hmm. not really it's not really you. It's somebody else. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm really getting to the point of realistic mm-hmm. thinking. What do you want? What's realistically, what does love realistically mean to you? Mm-hmm. What does a relationship realistically look? Not what you heard, not what you thought, but what do you want combined with your learned experience equal your decision? And so how do you figure out or get your client to figure out that this is what they want and not just what they've learned to want? To challenge it. I have all my clients' journals. You cannot argue with the thoughts in your head, okay? Mm -hmm. You need to put them on paper so you can be more objective, okay? Mm -hmm. So I have all my clients basically ask these questions and sit in it. Mm -hmm. Just sit in it and just think. And when I ask them, being mindful is just like being aware. Just really sit. And so we ask the leading up question like, where did you first learn about love? How do you learn about love? What does love feel like? What do you think love should feel like? You know, you ask yourself these small questions and it makes you just think a little bit deeper and your mind just goes to your first love or how your mother gave you love or how you saw your father didn't give you love. So you know what love is not, but Mm -hmm. what is love? And you just combine all of these and you just kind of get the feeling like, okay, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. I can't believe this is, I can't believe that how my uncle did my auntie, that really affected me. I know what love is not. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I believe in intergenerational curses. We pass trauma down. Mm -hmm. So if you are around stuff that you know that you don't want, you carry that with you. And that presence of so much of what I don't want may push out things that you may want. Mm -hmm. So you so focused on what you don't want, you really don't know what you want. Or what about, say, I've been dating the same person over and over and over again? Yeah. A lot of um, clients I work with, we go through that because we have to work on, again, me. You have to work on me. You get back what you put out. And I have to say, if that's your energy, let's challenge your energy. Let's really get to the core. What are you looking for? Is that really what you're looking for? So you can have this self-fulfilled prophecy, like nothing going to work out. Are you scared of a healthy relationship? Mm -hmm. You know, why do you think you want to fail? Do you really know what love is yourself? How can you give love if you don't really know what love is? Mm -hmm. So it's still going back to that core. And so many people don't want to go to that core because they're like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they put on these, these fronts and then they suffer in silence, yeah. you know, because a lot of us don't know ourselves. We don't know who we are naked. Take off all the cosmetics, the hair, the degrees, you know, who are you? Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't say I'm a therapist or I'm a teacher or I'm a this, I'm, a, I'm even like, what does being a woman mean? Right. You know, who do you stand for? And I think that's where we need to get to the core because a lot of us don't know who we are, what we want, and we just go by what people think we should be, and we project that into our relationships, and I think it's just start off unhealthy. So you've referenced a couple times a healthy relationship. What does a healthy relationship look like? Now, I'm not ever going to tell anybody that you're not going to have a bump in the road, Mm -hmm. but it's how you deal with the bump. It's how you deal with the conflict. 
is how you um, have a conversation and can take the emotion out of it and really get to the core meaning. A healthy relationship is what you define as healthy. Mm-hmm. You know what unhealthy is. And it, it, it works for different people. A healthy relationship might just not arguing twice a day. Mm-hmm. A healthy relationship might be going out more than six times a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you defining a healthy relationship is really based on what you feel is unhealthy and what you and your partner contract and what you want the relationship to be and what you contract with yourself is what you need, want, and desire. Mm-hmm. Realistically, realistically, you know, we all want stuff. And sometimes I'm not ever going to tell anybody to settle for less. I really want to say, don't ask for more than you're willing to give. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, a hard. We want this. <laughs> oh, we want him to talk or her to talk like this, this, this to me. But then when they ask you a question, you be like, "Huh?" Right. You know, we want to, we want all this stuff, but we don't want to work on it ourselves. So it's like I meet a lot of clients who want this strong partner. Mm-hmm. I want a strong partner. I want them to do A, B, and C. When they get that strong, they be like, "Oh, why are you coming for me? I'm not ready for this." <laughs> who you who you talking to? You know who I am. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm like saying, "But didn't you just say the last session that's what you want?" Yeah, mm-hmm. but I say, "Yeah, but let's be let's value what they had to bring and see why you challenging them." You see mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? You. You have to see when you get forced with stuff, you got to see, man, why am I challenging? Is that something in me? Am I really ready for this? Or how can I up my day? You mentioned taking the emotion out of, of conflict and saying, I want a strong partner. But then when emotions get high and, and they see that strength come out, that's when the problem comes in. So how do you take emotion out of a relationship that you're emotionally involved in? When I say take the emotion out, I'm talking about the conversation. Um, I'm talking about the conversation where is you never do this, 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 this. It's so much emotion behind that. But if that's how I feel, Renelle, that's how I feel. No, (laughs) because if that's 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 but you know, but you but this how we got to contract the end. When you put so much emotion in, I want you to get your. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I want you to understand mm-hmm. before you to do that. I can't be distracted by anger. I can't be distracted by all that crying and everything. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. What do you want? I want you to display that emotion. But so many times we want to be here. I'm not telling you to be an emotionless person at all. I'm mm-hmm. talking about for some stuff, just be less impulsive, gather your feelings and be like, this is what I want. This is what I need. Say it with words. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can just say it with words because that's the way they can understand. It's up to your partner to say, so what you're saying is this, and make sure they understand. Because as we know, our arguments get so heated, and it's not what we say, it's how we say it. So Mm -hmm. how we say something can throw the conversation totally to the left. You just saying, you always leaving me. Instead of saying, you know what, I wish we could spend more time together. It seems like you're never around. And then they would think about it a little bit more and you would get your message across more. And sometimes we got to be less impulsive because our emotions rule us. Yeah. And we can't be so emotional all the time. I'm never going to tell you to be emotionless, but you just got to not be so emotional all the time because sometimes, as we know, that sometimes that uh, precedes the conversation. 
oh, here they go. Mm -hmm. Oh, here we go. And they shut it down right then. Yeah, or you're so emotional that you're not really even hearing what they're saying back because you right. kind of have something in your mind of, you know, oh I, know my I, do God. That. Look, I do that. I'm speaking for myself. I do that where I assume what I think the scenario is. So I might say something or ask something, but I already have it made up in my mind what the real situation is. So you could answer me, but I'm not listening to nothing you're saying. So, and so that's what I'm saying. So how are we communicating? How right. are we communicating if you're just listening to respond? Mm -hmm. You're not listening to understand. You're just yeah. listening to, uh, to respond. You're just listening to, listening to be the judge and the juror. Exactly. You're not even hearing me. So mm -hmm. why am I even talking to you? Mm -hmm. And yeah. then we get mad when they walk away. Right. You didn't want to hear me from the first place. Mm -hmm. So I mean, communication is, is just more, it's listening, understanding, and validating. Yeah, I hear you. You know, just like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I hear you. I understand because you know that's one thing in relationships. We want to be understood. We want to be validated. Mm -hmm. We want to feel wanted. We want to feel a desire. You know, those are when you say a healthy relationship. You got to ask yourself these questions. How do I want to feel? You know, I want to feel wanted. But what does that look like? I want to feel desire. What does that look like? I want him to her to, him or her to love me. But what does that look like? We can say all these big range of things, but we need to be very, very specific, specific of what, what it is. And we have to know ourselves because that's what's wrong. We give other people the right to teach us. Can't nobody teach you about you. And now there's, I guess, a conflict of opinion that goes around the world. And I feel like even in the therapy realm of me before we, as far as like work on yourself before you get in a relationship. And then there's another school of thought that the right person for you will accept you as you are. You know, you are enough. However you are today is good enough for that person. So how do you kind of find the balance in that of feeling like, oh, I have all these issues I need to resolve before somebody can be with me or before somebody can love me. And then the idea that as you are, issues and all, not listening and all, listening to respond and all, the right person will accept you for that. Okay, my, my answer to that, because that comes up a lot, if it doesn't interfere, and this is what we learn, if it doesn't interfere with your daily life, you're good. One thing is, I'm going to meet you where you at. If you say that I got somebody, you know, because I do a lot of infidelity recovery, you know, you can love at the betrayal. And sometimes we, we come, when we include it, you come into a relationship, bro, and they love you for where you at and who you are. But when I have a conflict with it, when I have a conflict where I'm not trusting, I'm not forgiving, everything you say, I just don't believe you. I mean, I'm just having these inner conflicts with myself. That's letting me know I got the right person. I'm a love on that person. But I need to do some soul searching myself. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to tell you to, uh, if somebody coming in willing to work with you, that's the most. That's one thing. Work with you. And heal you and be everything is two different things. A relationship is two people deciding to go on this journey together. A relationship, even with two healthy people, is a journey. What I'm saying is when it interferes with your relationship, mm -hmm. that's when you might need to come back and think. 
Like when I have a couple session and I have couples and they're working out good and they rolling with each other, we're going to keep it going. But if I see that this person has something that they can't get past to make them be a more effective couple, I'm going to say, you know what? Maybe you need to challenge them outside of the couple. Mm-hmm. And they challenge because this is something that you can't work out with a couple. You can have a, a big support system, and we love support. If that's part of being in a healthy relationship, a supportive partner, a supportive person in your life to get you through it. It is, but you don't want to be so dependent on that either. Yeah, You don't want to be so codependent on them making you happy mm-hmm. or fixing you mm-hmm. because it's not your partner's job to fix you. They are there to walk with you through that journey, but it's not their job to fix you. Now, we some loving people. I can love on you and heal this and heal this, but some stuff you will have to do on your own. Because I'm a woman, I can only speak from a woman perspective in this conversations that I hear women talk about. But I would assume men might have this conversation too when you have had a series of failed relationships. You mm-hmm. start to wonder what's wrong with me or can I effectively have a relationship or if I've tried to be with all these people even different people and it's not an issue of you know dating the same type of person you start to wonder am I capable of being in a successful relationship and what is it that I'm doing wrong that being an issue that a lot of people may come into a relationship with or I know a man who went through a divorce and he was saying you know I don't know if I'm capable of being a husband because of this failed relationship Is that something that therapy can fix or is it something that until you have a successful relationship or something you deem as successful that you can then feel confident about? But until you have that successful, lasting relationship, most people don't feel validated in their ability to do it. You following me? I follow you. And what I'm picking up on, one thing is um, I'm really into language. Okay. And uh, language shapes our reality. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, if we kind of, I know it's, it, it's kind of hard in this short context to talk about it, but if you kind of reframe some of the thoughts, we use so much negative uh, language. I'm not ready, um, not successful. And we, we, we think we're to blame for everything, mm-hmm. but we got to remember that everything is not our fault or mm-hmm. sometimes we take the, you know, and I don't want to go sound so um, basic, but, you know, it's a lesson in the blessing. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes if we think of not a failed relationship, but a learning lesson, uh-huh. and we don't, we think of failure as different. And, you know, you see, I'm trying to say, I'm saying we think about failure and yeah. we make that um, more internal. And if we make that internal, somebody got to be at fault. What mm-hmm. happened if no one's at fault? What happened if it just didn't work out? Mm-hmm. And when you say, how do I prepare to be a wife or how, and if I don't, you know, and, and I don't know, well, you're never going to know. And the anxiety would kill you. And that's the whole thing. One thing is, if we think of stuff as a journey and you do the best you can, you're never going to fail. I'm mm-hmm. doing the best I can, I can. I'm giving my all. How can I fail if I'm giving my all? We learn every day. We can recontract. So it's only over when you say it's over. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to get a willing partner or, or in a relationship that you can grow like that. Some relationships are just there to get you to a point A to point B. They're not meant to last. Mm-hmm. And we got to go in a relationship to think that it's just a journey. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, I want to do this journey with you. Let's see where it takes you. And I have so many clients that so anxiety, like, are we are we going together? Am I your girlfriend? Am I, and they got so much anxiety that they just, they block and stuff. And they be so stuck in point A, they don't even see what else is going on. Like, man, I really like spending this time with this person. We really having a good time. Let me see where it goes. They got to know where it stands. You know, and some people need that. You know, some people need that direction. But as long as it doesn't cause you um, stabilizing anxiety. You know, I talked to one client that, you know, she was on a um, a dating site. And, you know, the guy just said that he's looking to relocate and, you know, what he want to do with his life. And she would always say, well, I can't relocate. I got kids. What about my career? What about? She was so stuck in her head. I said... <laughs> I said, and you know, you have to touch and, and ground and say, relax, uh-huh. relax. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. How mm-hmm. about having a second date? How about <laughs> if it's not a romantic relationship? How about it just be a friend? Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a sexual relationship with this person. If they do, if that's what you want, that's what it is. You two can sit in the dark. But let's take it step by step. He was just talking in conversation and she came back saying, I'm never going to date again because I met somebody, one conversation, and he wants to travel. He want to do this. I got these kids. I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm never going to tell her, her concerns are not valid. I'm just, I just told her to relax uh-huh. and breathe. And sometimes you have to give yourself permission to relax. Because we are supposed to do everything, be everything, know everything, and nobody gives us permission just to relax. Because society puts that pressure, especially on women. You don't have a man. You're not married. What's wrong with you? And some men get it, too. Yeah, some men get the pressure, too, from their families. You haven't had kids yet. When are you going to give me some grandkids? So there's this, you know, urgency to figure it out quick, fast, and in a hurry. And then and, and that's what caused so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so many people come in anxiety because they don't know. And sometimes you got to give yourself permission not to know. Um, and you brought up a great subject, and this can be a whole nother subject <laughs> about the, pro- the projection of men. Um, as a sex therapist, I work with men, and uh, they come in, and I want the ladies to know they have just as many concerns as you. Mm-hmm. They are, are also have anxiety that produces performance anxiety. Uh, we have this thing that uh, some is portrayed that men are supposed to be the sexual beings and always want to have sex and don't need this and this. And some of these men are going crazy because they like, this is not who I am. This is not what I want. Mm-hmm. And if I don't want to engage, he thinks I'm cheating on her. I just want more. You know, and they and they are put in a position that they got to act like he want them to act. And I'm like, I said, if I can get on and I I'm, have a lot of women talk, I'm going to be talking to a lot of panels. Women, go easy on some of these guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> they got as much stress and they are learned behaviors like you and just like you. They're figuring it out. 
No, I don't think it's fair to anybody to project on each other, but let's just figure it out. Because I think we just projecting all over the place and we making chaotic situations that if we just sit down, discuss and understand, it, it, it can eliminate a lot of assumptions. A lot of stuff is assumed and it's killing us out here. And I know I'm going to start wrapping up in a in a few minutes but before I let you go if you had to narrow it down to three things that may be getting in someone's way of a successful relationship three common things that men and women do that hinders their connection with someone else what would you say they are self confidence body image all under self self confidence body image um, the second one would be trauma learned from caregivers, past experiences, sexual, domestic. Uh, the third one would be anxiety, anxiety of the future, anxiety, what people think. Please believe that some people are not in relationships because of what people would think. Um, anxiety about finding anxiety. Those would be my top three, not in no particular order, but um, mm-hmm. my top three of why uh, people get in their own way. They get in their own way, staying in their head, especially with body image. You, you just don't understand uh, body image can just shy and especially opening up sexual, mm-hmm. you know, not want people to really see who you are and mm-hmm. Those are some big issues that, uh, core issues that come up a lot in therapy. And with a client, what are some of the things that you would do to either figure out that those are the issues and or work on remedying those issues? The thorough assessment, really asking people, are therapy, you know, therapy is beautiful and therapy gets a bad rap. And I just know that, you know, the word therapy. Mm-hmm. And I just try to take it out and just say, we come in and have a discussion. This is your show. What do you want to do? I'm just, I'm just here. Right. And letting people, letting people, giving them the space to be their self, giving mm-hmm. them the space to open up. And sometimes if you give people a platform, a personal mm-hmm. platform, they'll roll. And it's so beautiful when they just talk out loud and they come up with their own, their own. We like, you know what? I said, did you hear what you just said? It's like, yeah. So mm-hmm. giving them that space. Mm-hmm. and that um, unconditional love and support to become mm-hmm. and to validate and to cheer them on. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't like to toot our own horn, but we love to be praised, even for the small things. Yeah. I know what love is today, Renee. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, girl, turn up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know um, I know why I stayed in that dysfunctional relationship because I was codependent. Mm-hmm. Or I wanted to save them. I mean, we celebrate the small victories because they come out because they really trickle down to the big things. Mm-hmm. So I would give them that space to become and be aware mm-hmm. in that nurturing environment and then watch them to the transition. I'm a brief therapist. I don't believe in uh, being somewhere all the, all the time. I don't want you to be codependent on me. Yeah. So what I do is give you the tools you need and just let you fly and be there for additional support. Mm-hmm. And just like with anything, I gradually disappear, but always there like, you know, when you grow up cheering for you in the background, but this is you. You don't need all that. 
Mm-hmm. You don't. You need a safety net, you know. But yeah, it's here. But you got this, and that confidence. You know, realistically, if you you gonna go out there, you might date this guy, might go good, but you won't have bumps in the road. Don't throw it all away and say the hell with love. Yeah, work through it if it's worth it. Mm-hmm. If it's worth it, work through it. But then you challenge that. But knowing inside, being in tune with your body and your mind, and saying this is not what I want. Mm-hmm. Or this is what I want. That's what I want to work on. That's another thing to bring back to me before we is really seeing what your body and your mind is saying and how you feel it and really checking in with yourself. If someone's going through therapy and they're trying to figure out, you know, especially for someone new to therapy, it might be hard to gauge the effectiveness. Like, is this working? How would right. someone be it? Because I think, you know, a lot of times, and I've discussed this on other podcasts with therapists, that people think going to therapy, you're going to wave a magic wand and boop, all their Ooh. problems are over. And that's not how Ooh. it works, that the, the client still has to do the work. And so oh a lot God. of times, and that Say doesn't that. always feel good, <laughs> you know, so it's kind of oh, like. therapy, you know. <laughs> oh my God, to deconstruct, to yeah. deconstruct, is meaning to deconstruct. If you can just picture a cartoon animus and you just melting down mm-hmm. and it's your skeleton and rebuilding all that, you're going to hit some pain. I just posted that nobody talks to you about that. It's grieving and growth. You're going to grieve losses because this is who made you. This is what you what, what made you who you are. And you're going to challenge that. You mean I can't be this? So you really challenging people's identity. I tell people that you're not going to like me. You mm-hmm. might cuss me out. <laughs> you might say, I'm not coming back for another session. But me giving you that unconditional support that I'm not going to give up on you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to work with you. I'm not going to push you to the point of deconstruction right there for me. No, I'm going to feed it to you. I'm going to give it to you when you're ready. But then I have a lot of clients who be like, I can't stand you, whatever. Then they send me down to be like, you know what, you write. And it's something that doesn't come back. Because they're because right now, they're not ready for that. Or they're not ready to challenge that. And if you're not ready, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Everybody, everybody is not ready at the same time. Or maybe, you know, some, you just want to work in. And that's one thing as a therapist. You got to hear and listen and meet people where they at. If you don't want to go back and say, Renelle, I just want to work on how can I be uh, communicate more effectively with my husband. We just want to work on that. Some people be like, I don't want to talk about the past. We don't have to. Mm-hmm. And that comes from validation. And once they feel safe, like, okay, that was okay. Well, let's talk about this next, okay? So you go in like, uh, you know how you go, you window shopping. Let uh-huh. me see how this feels. This yeah. feel okay. Well, let me, you know what? I want to talk about something else. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you just work on that. And so when you accomplish those small goals, you be feel more secure that it's effective for you and you keep going. Well, if someone's listening and they say they want to talk to you more about what they have going on in their personal life or in their relationship, how would someone get in touch with you? They can get in touch with me. I'm on Instagram. I'm at at Noir Sex Therapist, no E and sex on Instagram. And if you want to find love after betrayal, betrayal of caregivers or romantic relationships or reconnect after infidelity, um, I have a website at Affair Aftercare. 
I have a website, Kaleidoscope Services, LLC.org. Infidelity, as you can tell, is my baby. I'm trying mm-hmm. to tell people that it's love after betrayal, even for yourself. And do you do virtual sessions or phone sessions? Oh, yes. Okay. I am virtual, I'm online. We have a secure, safe environment, um, comfort of your own home, secure. We um, can dive deep. Why you even sitting in your bed with some of my clients do because they want to get, you know, they feel comfortable. So I do online sessions as well. Uh, I'll be opening up my office in Arizona and I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin also, but I'm virtually everywhere for uh, coaching. Thank you so very much for listening to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. And of course, sharing is caring. So if you know someone you think might enjoy this podcast, please pass it along. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you soon.